Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. I was recently at a sporting event and I heard four curse words and watched a player get tossed from the game. Where was I? Well, I think you'll be surprised. And I had to seek the wisdom of a friend and coaching mentor to make sense of all the madness. I won't let you suffer in suspense for long, so let's jump straight in. My daughter's U11 soccer game at the USA Cup in Blaine was delayed, and I waited on the sideline for the other game to finish. What I saw and heard in the span of 20 minutes was disgusting and embarrassing. Adults, we must do better. On the sideline, I heard at least four curse words. I watched fans, quote unquote, loudly question and complain almost every call from the officials. At one point, they were so loud and upset about an out-of-bounds decision that one of the players ran up to an opposing player, shoved him hard to the ground, snatched the ball away from him, and attempted to throw the ball in. The official, who was about 16 years old, immediately showed that player a red card, and then chaos ensued. That boy, who was no more than nine years old, walked off the field stunned and in tears. But many, many adults who were on that sideline were probably crying on the inside too. I've been meaning to have a guest on to provide some perspective on the all-important topic of referees and officiating, which is why I wanted to have Josh Thoreau on. He's best known as the athletic director at Minnehaha Academy in Minneapolis, but Josh was also a very successful collegiate baseball player, state championship basketball coach, and has worked as an official in multiple sports for decades. I'm very confident that you're going to benefit from Josh's insight in part two of my conversation with him. You've been a very successful coach, led the girls to a state title, which is obviously the highest achievement you can, but you've also been an official. How did you get involved in officiating? I needed the money, Sean. That was the thing. You know, that, and that's not a terrible motivator either, you know, especially if you're going to go out and do it the right way. Like I said, I love athletics. You know, how can you be a part of it, right? You can be a player, you can be a coach, you can be an official. Those are the ways, you know, and, and if you want to get paid doing it, you're not going to do it as a player probably, but as a coach or an official, you can. My wife and I got married when I was 20. She was 21. We had our firstborn child 10 months and 28 days later. I needed extra income. I, I was still in school. That was a way to do it and a fun way to to do it, um, but there's opportunities there, and there's opportunity for growth in it. Uh, started out refing ninth grade JV stuff, and then you build up a reputation, and you watch those around you who've done it. You copy what they do, you take what works, and incorporate it into your own ability level. And once again, it's a competitive thing, right? If you want to raise up and you know to a different level, you want to work at the varsity level, you want to work at the college level, you've got to be good at it. And so you build a reputation, and and that was my goal. It was to just be the best I could be at it. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's how I did it. You know, I just copied those who came in front of me and uh, got into it and really got competitive about it and, and got better and better as it went on, just like you would in a sport. And you officiate multiple sports. Can you tell me about the different sports and maybe just something that's unique or different about officiating that? Sure. Um, basketball is the toughest. People ask all the time, what's, what's the hardest one? Okay. Every time you make a call on the basketball court, you know, one team's probably going to disagree with it. Fans in the stands can see if you missed it or not. Football's the best. 
grandma in the stands does not know that the the center held you know in the middle of the field right she can't tell um you know if you miss a travel in basketball she can see it you know so um really and you're out there with four other guys uh, in the high school nights and six other guys on my college uh, crew um you know that you get to hang out with and, and have a good time with so i really enjoy football that's probably the sport i'm known for uh, you know a little bit of uh, being ahead of the average uh, official okay i'm a i'm a white hat referee in high school and college football here in minnesota love it it's great um, I've surrounded myself with good people, so we have fun, and we're really good at it. Basketball, I told you, is difficult. I'm back into baseball umpiring. I'm enjoying that. Um, they, it pays well, you know, So, um, and, and it's the sport I love, okay? Now, how do, how do you do well with it? You go out there and you approach it with an attitude of somebody who's played the game. And, and I've done that. And I go out there and I, I call it the officiating golden rule, right? Officiate the game in the manner you would want it officiated if you were playing in it. You're in the service industry. Come out and work hard for kids and coaches and make sure they get to decide the outcome. When you do those things, it's a positive experience. You're not getting yelled at and screamed at. Get the calls that are obvious right, and you'll do well. Um, so it's really been a great way for me to give back while earning a little cash for myself and my family as well. So it's been a great experience over the last you know 25 years that I've been doing it. I was watching a U9 soccer game at the USA Cup the other day. Heard the F word four times, and a kid prompted by the fans supporting that team shoved another kid on the other team who didn't know whose ball it was for a throw-in on the sideline and promptly got a red card, which was the right call from the teenage female referee that was running the game. And of course, she's hearing a lot of negativity. And it embarrassed me. It sickens me. We're seeing a huge decline in the number of people who want to stick with officiating. Share with me some of just your insights, just again, your unique insight as a coach, as an administrator, and as an official. What are you seeing right now? Is it, is it worse now than it was 10 or 15 years ago? Is, it, is perception not reality? I think um, we all need to step back. Uh, don't let the adults ruin a kid's game. Okay, and we, we see a little bit of that with our parents who just get too emotionally involved, right? They're living vicariously through their kids. And so they're taking out any frustrations on, on officials. Um, and that's too bad. I always say this from an officiating perspective. If we get the obvious calls right, we're probably going to do ourselves a service. We're probably not going to be getting screamed at. Now, you can't stop the people that are a little unstable from losing their minds. Okay. Hopefully, you have a good site manager who can protect our officials from that. So we can do a little better job with that, right? Our athletic directors need to be on site. If you're hearing unruly people, don't make the official deal with that. You go up there and take care of it. As parents and fans, we can self-police our, our people around us too. And we need to do a better job with that too. When you're seeing that behavior that's uncalled for, we've got to say, hey, tone it down a little bit. Just tone it down. Uh, assistant coaches, grab your head coach, calm them down. Head coaches, grab your assistant coach. Don't let them you know, lose their cool. I say this in the world of basketball. If you go watch an AAU basketball tournament, you have referees who aren't giving their best effort a lot of, a lot of times. And at the youngest levels, the first exposure to referees are these guys who are working 15 games, you know, maybe eating a hot dog while they're refereeing, not wanting to stop the clock with a whistle. 
and not doing a great job communicating with fans, coaches, and players. So if that's your first experience with referees, by the time you get up to high school, you've had numerous negative experiences, and now you're getting good officiating at the high school and collegiate level, the varsity levels, and you don't even know to, to you know respect it anymore because all you've seen is negative. So as officials, when we're first starting out, we need to do a better job. Let's make those first experiences great ones so that kids don't have an adversarial relationship with officials. Um, I work hard to smile a lot when I'm working, to have positive conversations anytime I can with players so we, we can do that you know we don't have to be seen as adversarial of the enemy every time out no let them know that we're here for them we're working hard for them and we want them to have a great experience uh, if we can start that all the way down at age eight and nine I think we'll benefit ourselves the experience you described though is just out of hand we just can't have that well, you know what what's the referee supposed to do that there's certain sports that inspire those kind of you know instances you know for whatever reason the soccer world's been like that I, I don't know why that is it, you know it's a great game it's a competitive game um, but yeah you see people react a little more hostile to officials in that sport and maybe that's just because it's been that way at the highest levels and we're we're copycatting a little bit what we see but I think as officials you know our, our job is to just make sure from the moment the contest starts that you know people know that we're working as hard as we can to make sure that they have a great experience and, and that'll cut down on those instances. I'm not calling a lot of technical fouls. I'm not ejecting a lot of players, coaches, fans, um, because I'm trying to be personable. I'm, I'm trying to, to relate to them. I've been there and done that, all those things. Um, so I, I, I know what passions it inspires. So uh, let's meet those people halfway. Let's try to have a good experience and, and know that we, we can ruin it for the kids if we don't. So uh, I, I'm going to work hard that way and, and keep spreading that uh, message. And hopefully a lot of people do it the same way. Josh, I was really bothered by the teenage girl having to be subjected to that. How can we protect our officials better? And especially the ones who are just teenagers trying to make some extra money and doing something that they're trying to maybe enjoy. Well, I, I'm trying to get my teenage son into officiating because I think it's a great way to make money and for him, you know, as a college student and, and doing something that's enjoyable. Um, and I'm going out and protecting him myself. We're going to work together on the basketball court. You know, I'm going to teach him uh, the ways, but I'm going to be on the court as a strong, experienced official, um, you know, who can make sure that he doesn't get into a lot of trouble. I hope that we're not leaving a lot of teenage youngsters out on soccer fields, you know, working their first summer by themselves. You know, I think that's a lot to ask. I know we need everybody, but boy, that's something you can't throw people into the fire and expect them not to get burnt. Um, so, uh, you know, I think that's the great way to do it is you got to have a mentorship program. You know, experienced officials have to give these people the tools to be good at it. You can't just say, hey, we don't have enough refs. Um, you go work that game and Lord willing, it'll go well. That That's just not not how to do it. We need to equip these people. We have to teach them up, train them up and uh, and go out there and work with them whenever we can uh, to give them that opportunity to learn from from what we're doing you're, you're a dad you're super competitive because i've seen it on the basketball court myself but what would be your message to parents who are out there watching their kids and maybe there are some bad calls and things provide that perspective from you on what would you want to, them to know you know, I'd, I'd say it's the same way with our, our coaches. You know, how did I become, you know, pretty good in the world of coaching? You know, I, I was coached 
And so I took all those good things that the good coaches did and tried to use them. And I took all the bad things that I saw from coaches that coached me and flushed it. You know, get rid of it. I learned from both, right? I learned from both. Your kids can learn from a good officiating experience and a bad officiating experience. You know, how do you roll with that adversity? You are not guaranteed to have every call your way. And parents, just maybe, just maybe, you're biased a little bit. Okay? The players are biased a little bit. The official, hopefully, is an unbiased person who's trying to call the game correctly. Please believe we do not take fields, we do not take courts with one team in mind in a U9 soccer game. We did not wake up hoping to you know, have Egan's U9 soccer team not do well today. There's just none of that. There's no bias there. Um, if the calls aren't going your way, it might just be one of those days. Try to, try to learn from both situations. You know, Teach your kid to handle adversity. It's not always going to go your way. What are you going to do to make it better? Uh, don't put it in the official's hands, right? Play so well that nobody can take it away from you. Wow, that is awesome perspective. I absolutely love that. I got to show you something sure. as it relates to officials. This literally happened yesterday. Elijah played a game and he scored a goal, played really well. After the game, he was very upset because they, they, they lost. And the head official came over to him and pulled him aside and just encouraged him and just told him how hard he played, how well he played, what could he learn from this. And I just so appreciated that. And what are your thoughts when you see something like that? Because I I just think, first of all, so much negativity around refs. And I just, I don't know this ref's name. But I just think this guy is doing it for all the right reasons. And he did something really special for my son. That's great to see. I try to do similar things. I like telling people that I enjoy watching them play. Mm. You know, just point those things out. Now, I'm going to flip it here real quick. When's the last time those of you listening saw a well-officiated game and said a word about it, right? We're always quick to complain about officiating when we're coaching, uh, you know, when we're playing, when we're watching it. But, man, when you see excellence on the field in the officiating world or something approaching excellence, don't be afraid to point it out. Let that official know as they're leaving the field, hey, we saw how hard you worked today. We really appreciate what you're doing for our kids. You know, let them know because I think they need that positive feedback. We're quick with the negative feedback. That's just society right now, unfortunately. But I love seeing things like that. That's once again, that's building that relationship. And Elijah's a younger kid. You know, he's he's coming up and uh, into high school here. You know, um, he'll remember that. You know, there is a positive interaction he had with an official and. You know, he might forgive that next negative in situation because n- not all refs are bad. You know, so uh, you know he won't come into that situation with that mindset. I do that all the time, actually. I let folks know when they've officiated a good game, even in games that we don't win. Right? I mean, if they've done a good job communicating, if I feel like they've made the the more good calls than they've made bad. I do think that's really important. I would say to that, the best compliments come from the coaches or the players who maybe didn't win. Yeah. You know, then you know you did a nice job. You know, because if they can recognize that, that you worked hard in a game that they lost and acknowledge that, uh, that means a lot. Can you share some anecdotes that you've experienced or witnessed as an official? Are there some regrettable things that you've seen or experienced that that were just things that you felt like crossed line? I think um, every now and then you bump into a coach who it almost feels like, or even some players, that they're not enjoying themselves as much 
if they're not making your night miserable. Mm-hmm. And those are uh, the people that I just don't want to work for and with anymore. You know, and so uh, without naming names, there, there there's some people out there that for whatever reason, they're not happy unless you're miserable as an official. Um, hate that. Don't want to be that person. Um, you know, I, I liked it when when people left uh, the you know, courts that I played and coached on, you know, it, having an enjoyable experience. I think that's a good thing. Um, but, you know, that that happens. And that's what chases people away is, you know, y- you're being outright mean. You know, you're, you're searching for things to argue about when you're winning a game handily, you know, um, for whatever reason, people have that personality. That's the one um, thing that I would wish nobody would allow athletic directors stop your coaches if they're doing that if you're hearing that you know and and fans don't be that don't be that person up in the stands don't make it miserable for the people that are working josh you have access and at the highest levels top college coaches top football coaches are coming through the school talking to students that that are part of our program what are some of the things that you've learned that maybe the average person just doesn't understand about maybe some of these coaches or what high level recruiting is like. I think um, relationship building is the huge. It's key. Uh, being personable is key. Um, yeah, you would think some of these coaches are untouchable, but when they come in here, um, it's, you know, and I know there's some used car salesmen to it too, right? You, you've got to go out and you're trying to grab the best people, but the people that I've enjoyed interacting with, and I would encourage anybody's student to go play for, are, are the ones that, you know, go out of their way to, to make positive interactions with not just the athletic director and the coach or, the, you know, it, from the front desk people on on up you know um that's been great it's great to see that even though they're experienced coaches um that they've got the time to to meet with other people and make sure everybody uh gets a chance to uh you know get to experience meeting them and 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 being with them uh you know we we talk about uh coach john calipari came in from kentucky uh for a practice and obviously jalen and chet were at the practice you know he sat and talked with our head coach for an hour and uh, you know talking to lance johnson afterwards he said we didn't talk about basketball for a minute of it you know um i i admire those things. I, I like seeing those things. Uh, those are the people uh, that you want to be around. None of our kids went to play for Kentucky, but there's no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, But we still talk about Coach Cal and the, the, you know, how he made all of us feel the day that he came. So a uh, wonderful guy, great example, and, and just uh, a neat thing that I've noticed from those high-level coaches. And again, with that insider perspective, what do you think that young athletes who have big, ambitious dreams, what can they learn from Chet and Jalen? Uh, don't be too good to play at the level that you're playing at right now. I, I think that's the, the, the biggest thing is where you're playing right now uh, doesn't matter. Just play as hard as you can where you're at. Um, a neat Jalen story that I've told before is, you know, he was a varsity basketball player as a seventh grader. Uh, they lost out in the sections on a Friday night. And that next morning, my son and, and the other boys in his grade were playing in a seventh grade tournament. Jalen was free. Hey, Jalen, you want to come play on our seventh grade travel team? Larry Suggs dad said let's go we're in Jalen came out that next day and he's too good for it he really is but what he did is he went out and made everybody he played with better uh, it was a really neat experience to see Jalen's could name the score how many points do you want him to score he could have done it he could have had 60 he could have had 50 he could have done whatever he wanted to he had 25 and you know 15 assists he just made everybody better set guys up for layups they weren't too good for it at whatever level they were at you know Chet was a slow riser right he his claim to fame came late you know um, but but he wasn't too good for where he was at. He kept grinding, kept getting better, kept working at it. Uh, don't look too far ahead. 
you know, succeed at the level you're at and just keep moving up, keep working hard, keep getting better and have that passion. It's always on the other side of work, right? I mean, you, I mean the, you know, it, it's, it's hard, you know, you got it. You got to work hard to get there and, um, you know, continue to do that at whatever level you're at. Don't let coaches tell you, you know, you're, you're not good enough. You just keep grinding at whatever level. Uh, if you're on the JV, play hard on the JV, make it so obvious you're too good for the JV that they have no choice to move you up for varsity. Last two questions for you. The standards. What's one message you'd have for youth parents today? Encourage your kid. Tell them you're proud of them. Um, don't care about who, what club they made or what club they didn't make. Tell them to exceed expectations at whatever team they're on. Work hard for their teammates. To be a great teammate is great advice from a parent to a kid. What did you do to be a great teammate today? Not how many goals did you score today? How, who did you make better today? You know, uh, those, those are good things. Those are, that's good advice. That's, that's a, a good way to, to make your child know what really is a priority when they take the field. You'll be surprised at how much more winning they do with that mindset than I got to go get four goals today. Um, so uh, that would be my encouragement to parents. Encourage your kids all the time. Help them to be great teammates. Help them to be great people. That's what we want from them in the end. There's only so many Jalens and Chets in the world. There really are. Some of us are going to just land at, let's be the best person we can be. And sports can help us get there. They really can. Athletics can be a positive vessel to making us a better adult. And last question, what's one message you have for, for kids who look up to you and look up to you know all these great athletes that we've had at, at Minnehaha? The most fun you'll ever have in your life is playing high school and maybe college athletics all the way up. To this day, my most vivid memories are from back when I was a player. They really are. You'll look back at them. You'll discuss them for a long time. Yeah, enjoy it while it lasts. Experience it. Live in that moment. Don't don't be on to the next game. You know, it, yep, maybe you got a tournament and you've got five games to look forward to. That's fine. But enjoy each and every one. Uh, remember who you're out there on the field with. Those are going to be your friends for life that you'll always go back to and, and, and reminisce with you know and uh, to this day that's been my experience is just uh, love those teammates you're with play hard uh, don't have any regrets about your effort level go get it and uh, let athletics be the fun thing they're supposed to be don't let anybody uh, make it work for you well Josh I had so much fun talking to you thank you for joining me as a guest today my pleasure thank you Sean love your podcast listen to it often Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast, subscribe, and share. And don't forget, you can contact me through my website, seankjensen.com. Winning is not everything, but the three H's to be a real hero in life are hustle, humility, and heart. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, and we'll see you next time.